Welcome back to the Small College Basketball Podcast. My name is Chris Cottrell, and with more than 10 years of small college basketball coaching experience and entering our third season of full coverage here on the Small College Basketball Podcast, this is the only podcast with interviews, news, and highlights that celebrates the incredible coaches, players, and programs across all of small college basketball, celebrating NCAA Division II, NCAA Division III, the NAIA, the NCCAA, and the USCAA. Small College Basketball would like to thank Visit Central Florida for their support of the podcast and the Small College Basketball Hall of Fame Classic. Start planning your Central Florida vacation now at visitcentralflorida.com. That's visitcentralflorida.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Small College Basketball Podcast. Chris Cottrell here with you, of course, celebrating the players, the programs, the coaches, and the history of small college basketball across all levels. We have to thank Visit Central Florida. It is basketball season. It is cold in upstate New York. It's cold in Illinois. It's warm in Dallas, but uh, it is cold in the Northeast and the Midwest. So start planning your Central Florida vacation now at visitcentralflorida.com. Today, one of the brightest minds in all of NCAA Division III basketball, Bob Quillman, of the QCast, uh, alumnus of Illinois Wesleyan, going to join us for a little discussion on Division Three hoops and his story. And, and, you know, he's a social media presence. So, Bob, I appreciate your time. Thanks for being here. Chris, it is great to to finally meet you. I follow everyone at Small College Basketball. I appreciate what you do. And I always like talking about uh, small college and D3 hoops. So really appreciate you having me. Yeah, this this podcast has been a while in the making. Our schedule's conflicting. You're obviously very busy. Uh, you live in Dallas, and you're a proud alum of Illinois Wesleyan. But talk us through your process there, because you didn't play there. You didn't play basketball there. I, I didn't. I went to school there. Um, my, my father went to Illinois Wesleyan and played basketball back in the late 50s. And so I had a little connection to the school, and it wasn't necessarily reason I picked the school but it certainly was a factor and when I when I got to school there I really didn't know anything about division three basketball I mean I really kind of thought I went to a a place where sports wouldn't be a big part of my life but I started going to the basketball games uh, my freshman year and I was really good friends with a lot of the guys on the basketball team and I was blown away at how good the basketball was at Illinois Wesleyan and in the CCIW and in division three, you know, watching teams like DePaul and Wittenberg come in and non-conference games. And, and then in, in conference games, watching North park uh, play and uh, you know, Augustana. And I really just quickly got hooked on it. I, uh, I did the radio. I think my final three years of school, I was a radio guy. I kind of started up a campus play-by-play for the Titans. I did play-by-play. And um, after I graduated, I did some radio on a local station, WJBC, with a legendary guy named Art Kimball. And then uh, later on, Eric Stock, who still does it today. And so, yeah, I didn't play, but uh, was really involved in the program and in the media side of things. And now I'm just kind of a guy that's on Twitter uh, saying some things here and there. And uh, I, I really enjoy following both the Titans and division three. 
Yeah. And, and I think like we're all just basketball junkies. When you love it at this level, you're just a junkie for whoever your team may be, your coach, your, your players. Um, but, but what's the passion for you behind division three? For me, I think it's, first of all, the, the quality of the basketball is pretty amazing. Like mm-hmm. to me, if you like basketball, I don't, in, in my opinion, I don't think there's a lot of basketball that's better than than really good Division three basketball because, you know, the kids on average aren't quite as athletic as they are at the D1 level, the D2 level. And because of that, they really have to play basketball. You know, the, the, the fundamentals of the game, I believe, um, the purity of the game, I believe, are, are the best at the Division three level. That's not to take anything away from division two and NAI and division one, not to take anything away. In fact, it's similar. My point is similar across the small, of the small college levels. But the first thing is I think it's great basketball. And then the second thing I'm really big in making sure like the, the things I do, I do them because I want people to understand how good division three basketball is. I, I want to uh, help and further along the brand because it deserves to be good. Um, back in the old days before social media, big media organizations could control the narrative. So if you never saw a Division three game on ESPN, it didn't exist 30 years ago. The great thing about social media is that people can find their own little niches. And it's allowed small things like Division three basketball to have people come in and tell its story. So to me, a lot of what I do is like just making sure that people and high school kids and coaches and AAU people and division three people that they understand how good division three is. And that, that probably drives everything I do. That's that is exactly why we're, we're doing small college basketball. I think if you talk to John McCarthy and you know, the people that we work with, it is simply to drive the product and, and the quality of the product at all those levels, aside from Division One, is so high. The talent level is so high. The coaching is so, so strong that I think it's the relationships that drive us to promote, you know, those players, the history of the game. Um, and I agree with you. I think that's why, like, when I follow you, I, I, I go down the rabbit hole of Bob Quillman on Twitter. I, I want to know what's because I want to know what's going on with division three. Um, so what does a typical week of coverage look like for you? Like you're, you're on the go and and you're living in Dallas in sales. Like this is not your full-time full-time job. So like, what's a week of coverage like for you? Yeah. Uh, to your point, I have a full-time job, very lucky to work at a great place, uh, um, work with a team of people and I have a, a great setup at work. And so all of this stuff is really just, you know, outside of work hobby stuff. Typical week, honestly, is like, maybe if I just start on a Sunday, it's like just now I, uh, I submitted my D three hoops.com top 25 ballot. I'm one of the 25 voters in the poll. So I'll spend a couple hours on a Sunday uh, it takes longer than you think. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's longer than two hours. It, trying to, to sort through the 25 teams I'm voting for. So Sunday we'll call uh, ballot day, voting day. And then <laughs> I, I try to I try to pick off as many great games as I can throughout the week. You know, everything's anchored around me watching my team. It's like I, I'm I'm going to watch every Illinois Wesleyan game 
and, and enjoy that. And in the conference season, those are Wednesdays and Saturdays. But um, I'll always look at the scoreboard on d3hoops.com. I will click every single day of the week for an upcoming week. And I'll say, oh, you know what? I really am interested in in that, uh, you know, Marietta Heidelberg game or Calvin and lacrosse or uh, this past weekend, it was Hampton, Sydney at Guilford. Mm-hmm. And so I'll just try to pick off the games that I can watch. And then I'm also, I guess, finally, I'm lucky that I'm in Dallas where there's a couple division three programs, both within 15 minutes of my house in different directions. I've got UT Dallas and University of Dallas. And those are good programs that are bringing good competition in. So I can go to UT Dallas and say, watch uh, East Texas Baptist or Mary Harden Baylor. Um, I could go over to U Dallas and maybe watch St. Thomas of Texas, et cetera. So average week, I'm trying to pay attention to as many games as I can. That's awesome. And and you mentioned your your ballot in the top 25. How does that work? Because I think, you know, as we know, it takes longer than two hours. The research is the meat and potatoes. It's the time uh, that we spend the research to make sure that we're doing things accurately. So for for you to sit down and do your top 25 ballot, explain that process, if you would, just so people have an idea, like this is the same ballot that's being done at the division one level. So the same amount of input, same amount of effort and energy is driving these rankings. Yeah, I think it all starts with watching as many games as possible. So like today, I had to make some really difficult decisions. I mean, in my final 10 spots of my 25, I had like 20 teams I could have slotted into 10 spots. Mm-hmm. So I'm grinding out, you know, decisions about Illinois Wesleyan and Wisconsin Oshkosh and Swarthmore and WPI and all these teams. I'm trying to figure out, are they in or are they out? So I think it starts with watching games. My process is I take my ballot from the week before as my starting point. And then I kind of start over, but I do want to start with my old ballot to say like, okay, you had Redlands number 15. What have you learned about them in the last week? I mean, I'm not going to, I usually am not going to just drop a team for no reason. And so in this case, Redlands is a good example. Redlands lost another home game. So now they've lost two home games in a row. They lost a home game to Cal Lutheran. I'm really big on to like top 25 teams should win their home games. So that's an example of one where I said, okay, Redlands now fits for me about spot 26 or seven. They're out. And uh, so watching games, starting with my ballot and going through all the results of who won, who lost, and where were the games? Like a lot of times what annoys me, Chris, is people will 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 have a team lose. Like Hampton Sydney was number two this past mm-hmm. week. It is number two as we speak. They went on the road to Guilford, ranked number 11 at Guilford and they lost to me. I thought Guilford should have won that game. They're at Guilford. It's a home game for Guilford. I am not really penalizing Hampton city much at all, maybe a spot or two, but I'm looking a lot at where, where was the game? And I'm not a big believer that just because uh, a team that is ranked lower wins that it's like an upset. I've been in some Twitter debates in the last week about certain games about like, Hey, look, that's not an upset. Um, so that's how I go about my ballot. I try to sort it out as best as I can. The, the final thing I do is I, I really stack teams up by like who I think would win a neutral court game. So if I'm debating between Wisconsin Oshkosh and, and Wisconsin Platteville, 
I'll ask myself, based on what you've seen, if those two teams played a neutral game, who do you think would win it? And that's the team I slot higher. That's my process. It's not terribly scientific, but that's what I do. Uh, well, we are recording this prior to the release. Like this is going to be released a couple of weeks from now. Um, and today was the college football playoff release. You could be on that because the debate, the, the, the debate that they had all day today for an hour, about four, five, and six. Man, I mean, we need some we need some bright minds in that room that watch games, you know. Right. Um, but but I think it goes to show just the time and the energy that the the voters are putting in, uh, especially when you know you're a fan, you want to watch, you know, uh, you want to watch your team, you want want to watch Illinois Wesleyan. You don't just want to be, you know, grinding away at the other, you know, twenty four teams or thirty teams that you feel like you have to watch. So they are. Illinois Wesson's number 20 in the country right now, as of today. Um, they defeated Carroll last week, and they have two you know, big games coming up, North Park and North Central. Um, as we said, this pre-recorded, so they're going to play those games before this is, this is released. But um, they've got a big gap. I was looking at their schedule. They have some time off um, before they head out to California for the Kingsman Classic. What's your IWU hoops report right now? Like, where do you see Illinois Wesleyan? Yeah, they're talent wise, they're they're about as talented as, as any team out there. I mean, they ha they are big, they are athletic, they have a bunch of shooters, they have a bunch of play, they they have a bunch of guys that could easily play Division II basketball. I think they've been a little inconsistent in the early going, you know, like they went to wash you and beat wash you by 26 points. And then, uh, you know, they lost at home before that to Mary Harden Baylor and Mary Harden Baylor's turned out to be really struggling. And, um, again, they go from beating wash you at wash you to having a kind of a rough last seven, eight minutes at Elmhurst in a loss. And so my, I guess my report would be, to no surprise, they are a completely new rotation playing together. Their point guard, Luke Yoder, uh, played in Division One last year. If you want to know, like, why D3? Well, Illinois Wesleyan's point guard from two years ago, Luke Yoder, started five games for North Dakota State, including games at Arkansas and Kansas. He's come back home now, so he's new. And all of the guys in the rotation, like they lost their top two scorers from last year, Lucas Heflin and Cody Mitchell, so um, you got a bunch of like new rotations and combinations and guys, and they're a little bit up and down. But my my bet is is that as the season goes on, you start to see a lot more consistency. And I took them off my ballot in this this one I just did, but I'm pretty sure they'll be back on on a lot of ballots as they start to go through the rest of the year now. Yeah, Ron Rose, the head coach uh, at Illinois Wesleyan, has done a tremendous job. Um, and and I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the last two years, we had Ron Rose on, Coach Rose on uh, two years ago on the podcast. And I think in the last two years, one of the events that brought Division Three basketball to the forefront and was really important to the country, got national attention, was the game between Illinois Wesleyan and Yeshiva. Yeah, Illinois Wesleyan defeated Yeshiva um, back in 2022. I want to say 2021. I'm sorry, and Yeshiva had won 50 games at, at, in a row at that point. Um, 
Illinois Wesleyan wins convincingly uh, by 14, 15. Um, and from that game, this is kind of how you and I got connected last year and then into this year. From that game, we've really seen just the social media around Division Three basketball kind of blow up. Do you agree with that? I mean, where did you I mean, give us your thoughts on that game? You, you've cut, co- you covered both of those games. You know, they played yeah. a home and home series. So kind of give us your thoughts on what that, what that event did and what Yeshiva's winning streak did for division three basketball. Well, even going further back, I mean, the event, the event started out of social media, the event started right, yes. out of during the, the pandemic. And it started out of some conversations on social media about, you know, people like me criticizing Yeshiva's schedule and that, yes, you've won 40 whatever games, but you haven't played anybody. And then like having very real conversation, people saying, but yeah, okay, but like we're trying. Here's the list of schools we've called that won't play us. Like, okay, now I have a different opinion of this. And um, the, the role I played in that was was just handing this off to Ron Rose to say like, Hey, do you think we, we would play Yeshiva? Like, and I didn't think it would really come about really quickly, but a week later he said, you know, we had a strange opening in our schedule and uh, we've talked to them and we're going to go out to Manhattan and play. (laughs) I'm like, holy crap. And so the game started on social media basically. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, the, um, it was, it was good for, it was good for basketball. It was good for division three. Um, so many friendships came out of that. And I always tell people that the, the, the Yeshiva, Illinois Wesleyan and all the related stuff, it, it's one of the many ways that division three basketball proves that social media doesn't have to be a bad thing. Social media gets a bad rap as it should. Mm-hmm. The hashtag D three hoops community generally proves that like social media can be really good. And that, that whole Yeshiva, Illinois Wesleyan thing spurned. Uh, spurred a lot of just excitement and energy. And I think that the community it built continues to this day. And there's just a lot more people that are actively engaged. I think they, they got on board during that period of time. Yeah. And you went to Yeshiva, correct? Pardon me? You went to Yeshiva. You went to Manhattan? Absolutely. I, I thought you meant I attended Yeshiva for no. a second. If you saw, no. if you saw like some shock on my face, I was like, <laughs> I, I, they, I don't think they would let me in there. I was there. <laughs> I wouldn't have missed it. I was there and um, an electric atmosphere. I mean, watching it, watching it online. That was one of the games I did get to watch online. The atmosphere was electric. It was the the moment before tip Yeshiva does some kind of little drill. I can't remember what they do. I think they throw the ball up. A guy dunks it. One of those things. And this is like just before they do like the anthem, the anthems and the, the lineups. And the, that le- that whole period of time, I mean, I turned to, I was actually doing the, the radio with Eric Stock. I was doing the Illinois Wesleyan radio with him up top. And I, I just turned to him. I said, this is as loud of a place as I've ever, there, th- it was the most electric, the most energy of any place. And I mean, I've been to many, many, many D3 Final Fours and Elite Eight games and Sweet 16s and conference games it is the most electric I've ever uh, been in a, a basketball game. And uh, I'll never forget it the rest of my life. It was, it was incredible. Yeah. It, it, it really was just a, a, a ton of fun to watch. And then to see your pictures kind of chronicling your visit and your trip. Um, I think that's so cool because Yeshiva is the small little 
really a community unto itself in Manhattan. And so to, to, to witness that trip, I thought was, was super cool. Um, it was, it was really the, um, I'll tell you what is it, it brought some people together that would have never gotten together. The friendships between the players that played in that game, you know, bringing together guys from different worlds is my favorite part of what happened there. And there's friendships that were made that exist. I've got friend, lifelong friendships like with coach Elliot Steinmetz and Akiva poppers and just a, a lot of people. And that's the best part of that, that whole series. So taking that series to another level, talking about relationships, you know, what have been some of the most memorable moments for you or some of the most important relationships that you've developed as a result of your involvement with division three? Yeah, I'd say in no particular order, you know, the, the place I, I think I would start would, would be the, my last QCast podcast guest, Denny Bridges. So Denny Bridges was the coach at Illinois Wesleyan for 36 years. And he's someone that I always really looked up to. And he's the reason that I'm doing what I'm doing because had the Titans not been the Titans back, you know, in 1990, when I was a freshman, um, I certainly would, wouldn't, wouldn't be doing this kind of stuff. So Denny Bridges, I go to like some of the, the, the media guys. So very early in me being out of school, probably 1990, what, seven, eight, I ran into d3hoops.com, Pat Coleman mm -hmm. and, uh, and everything Pat built there. Dave McHugh and Ryan Scott and Gordon Mann. Um, now, currently, I've formed some really tight friendships with uh, just people I've met in the social media world. Ryan Whitnable, um, who runs the Great Lakes Invitational, um, and uh, Matt and Zach Snyder, who run the D3 Data Cast podcast. Um, just people like that. And then I guess I, I, the final thing I'd say is so many uh, coaches and so many fans like doing the QCast where I'm interviewing coaches, I've gotten to, to meet people that I wouldn't have normally gotten to meet. And it's been great. And then just fans that have kind of started following along, um, with the QCast or maybe following me on Twitter. And so, um, the relationships are to me really the best part about the whole deal. And I think that's unique about small college basketballs. You can form those kind of bonds pretty easily. And occasionally for all your all of your Twitter followers, you do get a night out on the town. Uh, you know, your wife, like mine, must be extremely understanding. Well, I always joke. I joke about it because she knows I'm joking about it. Right. It's, right. Yep. But yep. It, it, there, there is there's there's two real points to all this, which is um, I every now and then I'll make a tweet that's something like, you know, find somebody that that respects and understands what you do. So, you know, like last night, the Titans play at 7.15, and she built her whole night on a Saturday night around the fact that we were going to eat early because I was going to go off in my little man cave and watch the Titans at 7.15. I mean, who does that, right? Like yeah. to have somebody, whatever your hobby is or your passion in life, if 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 the person you're with respects it and understands it, that's huge. And And then the second thing is, yeah, because I'm so like crazy about watching the Titans and watching D3 basketball games, I got to work really hard to make sure that I take care of her and do some nice things. And, you know, whether that's trips in the off season or nice dinners on games uh, or nights when there's not games. I mean, I'm no dummy. So I, I, try. I, I try to be smart as I can on that front. Yeah, we uh, we joke all the time. I coach high school 
And so between the podcast and high school, like once we hit, once we hit October 1st, that's it. Like October 1st through, you know, March yeah. is really for me, you know, um, she's putting up with me and, and right. we're, you know, we're able to kind of manipulate our schedules around my high school schedule and then uh, the podcast and the trips sure. for a small college basketball. But yeah, I'd, you know, um, to be able to follow your passion, like you're able to do, like I'm able to do, you know, it's a huge testament to our, our better halves yeah. for sure. Absolutely. Uh, want to respect your time. It is getting late. So one or two more questions. Um, looking at NCAA division three basketball right now at the moment, give us your eye test, you know, a couple of teams to watch going into Christmas and maybe coming out of the break, you know, into the back half of the season. Yeah. I think first of all, I'm really big on Calvin. I, I voted Calvin number one in this week two ballot. And I realize this won't air for a little while, but mm -hmm. to me, Calvin with Jalen Overway, who is a 6'10 beast of a center that could easily play for any, any small college team, D2, NAI, D3. There's a spot in the starting lineup for Jalen Overway. To me, that's a really good uh, team to follow. Guilford coming off that home win against Hampton Sydney to me elevates Guilford from you know middle top 25 somewhere to like holy crap they can win the national championship. Um, the UAA is another great story. That's that conference is so incredibly deep right mm -hmm. now. And yes. so if you look at like NYU, Emory, Washu, Case Western Reserve, there's many other good teams in that league. I think following the UAA and then again, the, the top leagues are so much fun, right? Is the WIAC the Wisconsin intercollegiate over time, over history has been the best league in division three whitewater. Can they be challenged? I think so. Platteville's pretty darn good. Oshkosh is pretty darn good. There's others. CCIW, um, Elmhurst, Carthage, Illinois, Wesleyan, um, North park was the preseason favorite. So mm -hmm. those are just some things, Chris, uh, you know, just off the top of my head, I, I think um, there's so many storylines. Those are just, you know, a few out of a thousand. Yeah. And, and so Bob, the last question I have is what makes division three and then all encompassing small college basketball, what makes it so unique? Because we've talked about, you know, there is high level talent, there's high level coaching, but what sets it apart from what we see on TV every night? Yeah, I think, first of all, I have a true appreciation for the entire small college basketball world. You know, Illinois Wesleyan was an NAI team. And uh, the era, part of the era that, that, that we're especially proud about is, is the Jack Sigma era, right? So he mm -hmm. yeah. think of that story is, is Jack Sigma goes from Illinois Wesleyan to the eighth pick in the NBA draft, the eighth pick in the first round seven-time NBA All-Star, Naismith Hall of Famer. So I have an appreciation uh, for the NAI side of, side of things. Um, I think small college basketball is so special. For a lot of what I said earlier about Division Three is, is that the student athletes, first of all, there's a lot more student to the student athlete there in those mm -hmm. levels. There's, there's more perspective. Most, most of these kids aren't thinking, boy, I'm going to the NBA. Should I leave early for the NBA? Dozens and dozens and dozens of small college guys, Chris, as you know, go play overseas and are tremendous 
you know, you've got some great examples from just the last five years of the guys crushing it overseas. But I think there's a little more balance between student athlete, a little more perspective. And the final thing is I think the basketball is unbelievable at division two, NAI division three, men and women, good basketball is good basketball. And that's what it is. I love it. I love it. Well, you have an open invitation to upstate New York. If you're up here watching us, we go love state. to, if you're, if you're up here watching Keene state who's in New Hampshire nearby, if you get up in this area, you got an open invitation. We'll put on the big screen. We'll watch a bunch of small college basketball, but if you ever get up this way, Bob, we'd love to have you. And, uh, and really appreciate your time tonight. I know it's a busy time of year for everyone with the holidays and, and a lot of small college basketball. I, I I would love to do that. I would actually love to get up there to watch a couple of those teams you just mentioned. So uh, I appreciate it, Chris. And, and what you and John and the team are doing is unbelievable. Our, my Titans played in the Champions Classic in Aberdeen last year. Mm-hmm. Couldn't say enough things about the experience they had out there. And so just thank you for everything you guys do and shining a spotlight on these great levels. So really appreciate you having me on. Thanks again, Bob. Have a great night. You too. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this week's Small College Basketball Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Please like and subscribe for our weekly episodes and interviews that celebrate the incredible players, teams, coaches, and history of small college basketball. The Small College Basketball Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. You can follow the Small College Basketball Podcast on Twitter or Facebook. Visit us at www.smallcollegebasketball.com. Small College Basketball would also like to thank Visit Central Florida for their support of the Small College Basketball Podcast and the Small College Basketball Hall of Fame Classic. Start planning your Central Florida vacation now at visitcentralflorida.com. Visit centralflorida.com.